Well, we are continuing in our series called Reset, and today I want to talk to you about fear. So, you know, we're continuing with the F, uh, the words that begin with F, and uh, today we'll be talking about fear. I want to ask you this so you're thinking about it. What are you afraid of? What fears do you have? You might say, well, I don't have any. You're lying in church. Okay? Um, what are you fearful of? What are you afraid of? I want you to be thinking about those things. What, what causes you anxiety? What causes you worry? Um, what keeps you up at night? Those types of things. Uh, I did some research, and worldwide, uh, we have some things in common with other folks in different parts of the world. Fear of the unknown, fear of pain, fear of disappointment, fear of loneliness, rejection, death, obviously, and failure, uh, which we'll be talking about next week, so I want you to come next week, maybe invite a friend. Uh, actually, this week and next week are sort of a go-hand-in-hand hand, uh, type of thing, but worldwide, those are the big ones. Now, it changes a little bit. When you survey Americans, it's interesting. If, you're, if you like statistics, uh, it changes when you look at America versus the world. Americans not only have those bigger, you know, sort of heartfelt, deeper type of fears, but we get very specific in America. We get very detailed when it comes to our fears. So those things plus these things, snakes, right? Yeah, people in other parts of the world, it's just kind of like there's a snake. We're, we run. Uh, public speaking, well, Americans are afraid of heights mostly, uh, being closed in a small space, financial difficulty, which we talked about last week, which is interesting because uh, even if you're middle income in, in America, you're still in the top 5% wealthiest in all the world. That's interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of these worries are because we are so blessed and uh, you know, sometimes we, we allow comfort to be our downfall. So financial difficulty, spiders. My oldest son is scared of spiders. <laughs> I make fun of him all the time. Uh, needles and getting shots, which is also interesting. Because when you think worldwide, when you look at uh, these, these third world countries that have no medical resources whatsoever, and we have everything right here in the palm of our hands, and we're scared of it. You know, that's, that's interesting to me. Going to the doctor, there's the same thing. Um, flying on an airplane, and yes, some of you are scared of the dark. You probably don't tell anybody that, right? But, uh, you know, Americans are, are scared of those things. For me, well, the important thing is to understand that everybody is afraid of something. For me, I'm not a germaphobe, but I am afraid of germs. If that makes sense. You know, I do wash my hands. I'm married to a nurse, okay? Wash my hands a lot. Uh, I do fear failure. I think, about, I think about those things a lot. I worry about failing. I worry about things not going as planned because I'm a planner. Those of you that plan, you know what I'm talking about. You know, what do you feel when the things that you've planned maybe don't work out the way you planned them? A little bit of fear sets in. I've told you, some of you, this before, but I also fear public speaking. You're like, uh. But this is the truth. I'm scared to death to speak in front of people. 
and I have been forever. Uh, it's just a thing, and I, you might say, well, why in the world are you preaching? Well, I don't know. Um, you know, God called me to preach, and, you know, I, I don't eat breakfast on Sunday mornings. I get really nauseated. I get sick, and maybe some of you are like that, but I also fear flying on a plane. That's for a reason, okay, because every time I've flown on a plane, I have flown several times, but every time something bad happened, okay, so it's not just... Uh, fearful of planes just to be afraid, but, you know, one time an engine went out, uh, and the guy sat next to me said, oh, it's okay. These are prop planes. They can go with one engine. I'm like, well, why is there two? <laughs> you know, and he said, oh, it's okay. This happens all the time, and I'm like, that's why I'm not flying. <laughs> this happens all the time. So it's going to be interesting in going to Costa Rica for me. So y'all might have to drug me up really good. Um, so I do have fears. You have fears. What are you afraid of? Here's, here's a question that I want to hang up there, and I want you to hold on to it for later, because I'll address it at the end. Why are you afraid? Why do you fear? Why do we fear? I'll address that later. But let me just say this, because I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. A little bit of fear is okay. I think a little bit of fear is, is healthy, right? So I'm not saying that. But believers, when you think about it, believers, Christians, should not be fearful. What I mean by that is a little bit of fear is okay, but when that fear begins to grow and overcome, you become fearful. Christians should never, ever, ever be that way. And we'll look at, we'll look at why today. But ultimately... Fear can keep you from doing what God's called you to do. Fear can keep you from being the person that God's called you to be because you're focused on fear. It's interesting, I also did a word search or a phrase search in, in the Bible of, you know, not to fear. And God's word literally mentions it hundreds of times. Hundreds. And if you rephrase it just a little bit, have no fear, fear not, take courage. You know, all those sort of say the same thing. It's thousands of times. And that's something, God does that for a reason. It is, God's word is saturated with this beginning to end for a reason. And I believe it's because God knows it's a real thing for us. So you might not be ready to admit you have fears you might think that nobody knows, but God does. He knows. And he knows it's a struggle, too. But here's another reason I think that it's mentioned so many times. is because God wants us to overcome fear. He doesn't want us to stay in fear. He wants us to overcome that. And so, for many of you, look, honestly, some of you might be here and saying, I don't, I don't care about this. I have no fear. But I got a feeling that some of you do. I got a feeling that some of you struggle with this type of thing. And for many of you, you need a reset with, with this today. So before we get to our focus scripture, I just want to mention two things to you, and these will be on the screen, about, about fear. First of all, fear is a measure of faith. I don't know if you ever thought about fear this way, but fear is a measure of faith. The amount of fear is directly related 
to the amount of faith you have. I hope you see that. So there's, a, there's this constant struggle, there's this constant battle in our lives between fear and faith. One is bigger, the other is smaller. If the other gets bigger, the other gets smaller, they're related, conversely. You know, one affects the other, and actually fear is a measure of faith. This is why I think God cares so much about fear, and why he says it so many times, because God wants us to have faith. We are people of faith, and God wants us to live in, into that. The next thing is fear is overcome with faith. All right, so if, if faith and fear are, are connected, the way to overcome fear is simply with faith. He wants our faith, God wants our faith to be larger than our fears. Think about this, if we all gave in to our fears then nothing would happen for the kingdom of God. If I gave in to my fear of public speaking, some of you might say, amen to that. (laughs) But look, if I allowed that to keep me from doing what I feel God has called me to do, then he doesn't get the glory from that. And I don't get the humility that I need, and I don't get the faith that God wants me to have. So, fear is overcome with faith. Now, based on those two things, I want to get into our focus scripture. It's in Matthew 14. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 14. We'll begin in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. So we find this scripture sort of in the middle of a series of events. And so we need to find out where we're at. Recently, John the Baptist had been killed. All right, and John the Baptist was Jesus' friend. Many believe he was a relative of Jesus. And so he's experiencing sadness, you know, maybe anger at this moment. But just before this, Jesus fed 5,000 men. Um, Many people believe it's as many as 20,000 people by the time you had women and children. So you see the roller coaster of emotions that Jesus would have went through. Sadness, grieving, difficulty, excitement, joy, all this going on. And how do you feel after after a couple of days like that? You just won't rest, don't you? So this is what Jesus did. He went, he needed some rest. He went to be alone. To pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And so God's word is bringing us here, uh, bringing attention to something. He went by himself, previous verse. He, he went there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So Jesus is alone. The disciples were in the boat, also alone. I want you to notice that. And then this great storm came upon the boat, and it says the boat was buffeted. That literally means the waves were hammering the boat. It was a major, major emergency for them. Now, what's interesting is that this is the second time that the disciples had been in a boat in a storm. All right. Um, 
But this is the first time that they were alone. See, the first time it happened, Jesus was with them, and he was asleep. Yeah, this time they were, they were by themselves. A little different scenario. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when it says lake there, that's really what it was. It's, we sometimes call it the Sea of Galilee, but it's fresh water. So it's a lake. Walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were, what's this word? Terrified. See that? Now, I probably would be too if I saw that. They were terrified. Look, it's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Now, the disciples here, based on this timing, they had been in the storm for a while. I know we can just read right through that and be like, oh, the storm came up, Jesus came in to save the day. No, it's at least six hours from evening to morning. So at a minimum, these disciples would have been in this storm buffeted. Their boat would have been buffeted for six hours at least before they see Jesus. So they saw something that it says they, that terrified them, a ghost, right? A ghost. Think about it. The storm is bad enough. You're, you're afraid of that. You're afraid of nature. And then you're also afraid of supernatural stuff, right? They see a ghost, that they uh, see something they think is a ghost. You know, they didn't know it was Jesus initially, and they cried out in fear. But notice what Jesus does. Verse 27, Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Why did Jesus say that? Jesus doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be fearful. So he he called out to them and said, Take courage. In other words, in other words, have faith. You see, back to the first truth that we talked about, or one of the first truths, the the two that we, we, we mentioned, we overcome fear with faith. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now, I had to think about this for a few minutes, but it's interesting to me. I, I almost think Jesus stopped. Because if he's walking towards the boat, wouldn't you think Peter would have just allowed him to just keep coming? You know, come on. All right, it's Jesus. All right, he's coming. Everything's going to be good. But something, something tells me that Jesus stopped. And he's waiting for something. He, he, he's waiting on the disciples to do something here. And Peter does this. Is it you? Is it you? You know, there's still a little bit of doubt in Peter, isn't there, in this? Still just a little bit of doubt. He wasn't really sure, is it you? But notice what Peter does. He steps out of the boat 
in the middle of a storm. Would you do that? <laughs> it takes a lot. It, it took a lot of faith for Peter just to do that. He stepped out and he began to walk on water. Now let me just say this. I believe this really happened. I don't believe it's just a story or a metaphor or whatever fancy you know, grammar word you call it. I believe Jesus literally walked on water to the boat. And I believe Peter stepped out and literally walked on water too. Um, Peter had strong faith initially. He, and I want you to understand, this goes back to what we discussed, he fought off his fear with what? Faith. Everything going all uh, around him, going on all around him, the storm, the boat's being beat to death, and now he sees this apparition that they're all terrified of. Those things brought fear, but what did he do? He fought that off with with faith, and he stepped out of the boat. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was, here's, here's that word again, afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hands and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? So we see this playing out in front of us. Peter's faith started out strong. It started out well, but then what happened? His, his fear became greater than his faith, and he began to sink. Now after he cried out to the Lord to, to save him, Jesus reached out his hand and pulled him up. I love that. You know, Peter was saved by the outstretched hand of the Lord. And so Jesus knew that Peter was dealing with a faith issue. You see, God knows everything. God can see our hearts. He knew that Peter was struggling here with faith, that he had a, a faith issue because he says this, You of little faith. Remember what we talked about, that fear is a measure of faith? Peter had little faith, so what was big? His fear. His fear. Started noticing everything around him. Fear started getting bigger. His faith simultaneously began getting smaller. And that's when he began to sink. Verse 32. And when they climbed into the boat, that's both... Peter and Jesus, when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying truly, which means uh, emphatically we believe this, we proclaim this, truly you are the Son of God. Now, this is one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. I just love it. There's so many things that we can learn from this. There's so many ways that we can relate to this, and I want to share with you just three important things uh, from this situation that apply to our fear and how faith overcomes fear. So I want you to write these down. First thing, when it comes to fear, when it comes to your fear and our fears, Jesus is sovereign over you. 
Jesus is sovereign over you. Look, nothing happens that is outside of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Nothing happens uh, that is outside of him knowing about it. Nothing happens that is beyond his control. Nothing ever surprises the Lord or catches him off guard, you see. I want you to notice something, verse 22. Let's go back to that verse, Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made, you see that? Made the disciples get into the boat. He dismissed the crowd, but to the disciples, he made them get into the boat. Now, does Jesus know everything? Is he the Son of God? Yes, he is. All-knowing, all-powerful, 100% man, 100% God. What did Jesus do here? Purposely sent them away into a storm. He made them get into the boat. He sent them away knowing that they would encounter a storm. You know, nothing takes place in our lives outside of the knowledge and the will of God. Nothing we go through is outside of God's power. So you might say, well, why, why would God do that? Why would the Lord do do that? Why would the Lord send us through any storm or bring any storm upon us? Well, God wants our faith to grow. And you know what? Sometimes it takes a storm to do it. Sometimes it takes difficulty to do that. Look at verse 32. We've, we read this. After all this took place, everybody was in the boat. The storm was over. The disciples said this, truly, you are the Son of God. All right, so what chapter are we in? 14? Been in Matthew, so that's, that's half of Matthew. This is the first time that the disciples made this proclamation. Now, Jesus had been with them a while. You know who said this before they did? Demons. You know, Jesus saw something in them and saw some areas of growth and it took a storm to get them there, you see. You know, sometimes we encounter things and we go through things because the Lord is trying to grow our faith. He's trying to do that. Now, I don't know about you, but the fact that Jesus is sovereign over everything brings a little comfort to me. Even when things are painful, even when things are difficult, even when things seem impossible, just knowing that the King of kings and Lord of lords is sovereign over everything brings a little bit of comfort to me. Just knowing that. Second thing, when it comes to your fears, Jesus is present with you. It would be one thing if we have this sovereign king who is just back away, just orchestrating things and moving storms here and taking storms there and moving people around and he just kept his distance but not not our Jesus 
not our Lord. Jesus is present with you. Look at verse 27. He says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Now that, that phrase, it is I, literally means that Jesus is saying, I am. I am. No. Who else said that? God in the Old Testament. If you know anything about the New Testament, this is huge. It's pretty much Jesus proclaiming to be God. I am here with you. Do not be afraid. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of Isaiah, the God of Jeremiah, the God of Moses, the God of Daniel is here with you. The same God that took care of them, the same God that tore down walls, the same God that, God that parted the seas is on top of it. With you. So fear not. You know, if we understand that, that makes all the difference. I've told you this before about Noah, my five-year-old. He, he's... He's a little scared of the dark. Most kids are at that age, right? But, you know, he, he looks outside and he says, Oh, it's scary out there. And when I know he's really scared, he says, It's super spooky. Right? He says, Oh, Dad, it's super spooky out there. And when he hears the, uh, the winds and stuff like that, the rains, it just adds to it. He almost gets a little bit of anxiety. And he calls, uh, he says, are we going through a tomato? I'm like, a tornado? He said, yeah, tomato. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. But you know, when, when I, like, if we come in late and, you know, I'm holding his hand and we're going into the house, he's completely different. I can tell he's still a little scared because he's gripping me tight, he's glued to my leg, and he's walking slowly. But he's looking around and he's saying, whoa, look at that. Or look at that. He's noticing things that he never noticed before. There's a level of comfort to him. There's a level of trust in me that I'm right there with him. You see, now Jesus is present with you no matter what you're going through. He's there. And here's what some of you understand already. Here's what some of you need to understand going forward. Is that sometimes in the middle of a storm... It's when Jesus' presence is all the more real. You know that if you've been through that. In the middle of difficulty, in the middle of sorrow, in the middle of sadness, it's sometimes in those moments that the presence of God Almighty is more real to you than any other time. And there's a reason for that. That's what it took for you to see Him, for you to cry out to Him. For you to pray to him, you see. He's there with you. Number three, when it comes to your fears, Jesus is power in you. I want you to look at verse 29. Come, that's Jesus talking. He says, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and notice this, came toward Jesus. Came toward Jesus. Now, I give Peter a lot of credit for stepping out of the boat. Now, I would have... I don't know if I'd have done that. I would have at least asked for a life jacket and y'all got some rope back there, you know, something. 
I don't know if I would have done that, but he did that. So I want to give Peter credit, but that's about it. Because Peter wasn't a superhero. Peter wasn't an Avenger. He wasn't an X-Man, men, person. Why was Peter able to walk on water? Was it because of Peter? It was because of Jesus. It had nothing to do with Peter. It had everything to do with who was out there and who his eyes were on and look, who he was coming towards. The power of the Lord was what caused Peter to walk on water. How do I know that? Well, what happened when he took his eyes off the Lord? Sank. Yeah. He began to sink. You know, in the face of our fears, when we believe in Jesus, we keep our eyes on him, we keep our hearts on him, it doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. Look. You could be going through the worst possible situation that you could ever think of. And you keep your eyes and your heart focused on Jesus. You tap into his power, not yours. If you take your eyes off Jesus, you sink. You become overcome with fear and you sink. You can't move. This life overtakes you. Some people give up. But when you have big faith and you keep your focus on Jesus, you can overcome fear because He is power in you. Now I'm finished. I want to ask you, what fears do you have? What fears do you have? What causes you anxiety? What causes you worry? What causes you to lose sleep at night? What causes your blood pressure to rise? I want to challenge you this morning to overcome your fear with faith. I want to challenge you this morning to be people of faith. If that's what we claim to be, that's who we need to be. People of faith. And we do that by focusing on Jesus. Look, because of Jesus, we never ever have to be afraid to the point where fear overcomes us. Never. Now remember I asked you at the beginning, why do you fear? I want to circle back to that. Why fear? Why, why do we fear at all? Well, 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. I want to explain this to you, tell you what this means. So why do we fear? That's a good question. Why do you, Christian, believer? You, should, you shouldn't be fearful. You shouldn't be overcome with fear. You see, at the end of this, it talks about fear is a result of torment. And torment is a result of sin, you see. But what happened on the cross? Your sin was paid for. 
as a believer, as a Christian, you don't have to fear punishment from God. You don't have to fear judgment from God because the perfect love of Jesus casts that fear out. You see, when you, in Genesis, when you read about sin entering the world, yes, death came, sin came. As a result of that, two other things came, fear and shame. What Jesus did on the cross eliminated that. So why do you fear? Why do you, Christian? Your Savior, Savior defeated that. Jesus' perfect love defeated sin. And, and this verse is saying that because of the perfect love of Christ, our fear is thrown out of the equation. There is no need for us to be overcome with fear because the Savior literally has stretched out His hand and pulled us up to save us. Let me ask you this as we close. You understand, we, I think it's easy to understand that fear is a measure of faith. How strong is your faith this morning? How strong is your faith? Well, here's what I want you to do. You should have a, your, your bulletin, you should have a piece of paper or something. I want you to take a pen and I want you to write your fear down. You may have one, you may have several. I understand some of you may not even do this. That's okay. But I want to challenge you. If, if this is an issue in your life, i got a feeling that for some of you it is. Write that fear down. Uh, it's proven that writing something down, I don't know, it does something to you. It, it brings the fear out. You, you write that down. Write those things down. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to cross it out. Not with an X, but with a cross. That's what Jesus did for us. So why do you fear? The cross eliminated that. And it helps in understanding that Jesus is sovereign over everything. Our lives, our fears. Jesus is sovereign over that. Every situation that we encounter... Jesus is present with us no matter what we go through. And then finally, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep our faith bigger than our fears, we have his power. And we can walk on water no matter how bad the storm gets. Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, this morning, these fears that we think about, that we know we have, we may be ready to admit those. Some of us may not, even, may not be ready. We may not admit that this morning. But the truth is we all are afraid of some things. And your word teaches us literally thousands of times not to fear. So as we consider that this morning, through faith, we give our fears over to you. We look at the cross and how the cross eliminated the power of sin. And your word teaches us that fear is a result of sin. So why should we fear when you have paid for it? 
when your son on the cross eliminated the effects of sin for eternity for those who would believe in him. Father, help us to understand that you, Lord, are sovereign over everything in our lives. You are sovereign over every circumstance. Nothing takes you by surprise. Nothing catches you off guard. Father, help us to understand that you are with us throughout each and every step of the way, that we never have to go through life alone, that we never have to encounter difficulty and pain and sorrow alone, that you are there with us no matter how bad the storm gets. And that, Father, you're just not leaving us all on our own in our own power because many times we are weak. But when we focus on you, we have access to your power and you lift us up. You come underneath us to pull us up above the waves. Father, we're so thankful for that this morning. Father, help our faith to grow because that's what you want. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.